0: welcome this is the cgmi living springs gospel podcast stay tuned as you listen to the word of god we give you praise this morning O god glorify yourself in this place glorify yourself in this place God said, I'm pouring on someone the spirit of supplication. There's someone here. He said, I'm putting in you the spirit of supplication. It's no longer be difficult to pray. You won't struggle anymore to pray. You won't struggle anymore to wait in His presence. You won't struggle anymore to have that koinonia with the Father. If you are that person, receive it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Speak, oh God, your word to our spirit this morning. Let only Jesus be seen. Let only Jesus be glorified. Thank you for everything. For who you are, we bless your name. Receive all the glory, O God. In Jesus' name, we worship. And the church will shout, Amen. And the church will shout, Amen. And the church will shout, Amen. If you know God has helped you this morning, come on, let me hear you make some noise. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor, say welcome to service. Give the person a high five and then have your seat. All right, we're going to try and be fast because the time is not waiting for any of us. Hallelujah. You can sit down, you can sit down on the keyboard. How do you call the game Pad? Just hold Pad. And we're playing it quietly there. Hallelujah. All right, this morning we'll be looking at redemption. 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 I'm sure a lot of us have heard that word before, if not everybody. Right? We all know what redemption is, Abby. Hello? We know what it is. Okay, we'll touch it again a bit briefly this morning, and God will do what He has set out to do already in this service. What is redemption? By simple definition, it is the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing of a debt. Redemption by definition is the action, meaning it is something that has to be done. That means it is a verb. It is an action word. It is the act of gaining possession or regaining possession. So regaining, something you used to have, you don't have anymore. Gaining, something you've never had, now you have. It is an act of gaining or regaining possession of something in exchange for payment. Now, um, it's quick for anybody to think and say, okay, what about if I win? I do lottery and I win. Right? And they say, come and redeem your prize. You do not redeem that prize with nothing. You either go with a ticket you have bought or for bottle companies, you go with either the cork, of the bottle, there is something you must give in exchange to get it. You cannot redeem something with nothing. Nature does not allow vacuum. For something to go, something must give. And so for you to be redeemed, something had to go. Hallelujah. Follow me. Redemption can be seen to be the buying back of something. In Latin, the original, the original meaning of the word means to buy back. That's what it means, to buy back. So, and that's how scripture looks at it. When scripture talks about redemption, scripture looks at it from the point of buying back something that was lost. So when we say that you as a child of God have been redeemed, it means that you have been bought back. You had something that was stolen. And later you had to offer, because that's what happened. You had something, the thing vanished. Now later you had to offer something to get it back. It was originally yours. It has always been yours. Look at it that way. For God to redeem us, God had to pay for something that was originally his. I want you to look at how, how funny that is. Reverend Ama has a phone. And Richard me collects Reverend Amma's phone. And Reverend Amma has to pay Richard for getting his phone back. Right? That's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear buy back. We started to think, okay, God had man. Then man became the devil's property. And God had to buy man back from the devil. But do you know God did not buy out back from the devil? The blood of Jesus was not a sacrifice for Satan. It was a sacrifice for God. So, God bought you back from himself. Why was God buying you back from himself? Because when man fell, there was enmity between God and man. Man became an enemy of God. So see, in the equation, the devil is not even there. In the equation of your redemption, the devil is not there. The devil was never an issue from the beginning. It was never about the devil having you to ransom. No, sir. It was the fact that you had become estranged from God, and so the separation between you and God gave the devil access over your life. So what Jesus did was that he took his own blood and paid himself. Hello? Because God was angry. And the only way for God to let go of his anger was that the penalty for the mistake that was made needed to be paid. As long as that penalty remains unpaid, man remains a stranger. Are you following me this morning? And so like in normal shopping, I want to go and buy something. I carry money, right? I get to the counter. I pay money, and I get my goods. So this is Jesus. Jesus wants to buy me back. Or he wants to close the gap between me and God. He's the purchaser. Is the ransom. And so he comes and says, I want Obey back. I want Obey to have a relationship with me again. In order to have Obey as my friend again, I'm ready to give my life. Because scripture says that the life of everything is in his blood. And so it was an exchange of life for life. The value of everything is the amount you're willing to pay for it. Hello? Redemption shows you your value. Mama, how valuable are you? For me to die for somebody else to live, I must consider the person's life either worth more than mine or as equal what as mine. I cannot give what is less or what is more for what is less. I'm not a Nigerian government that spends more money in printing Naira than the Naira value. Hello? I, I still don't understand the economics. That's the one economics I don't understand. If you go to the market and you want to buy something, for instance, women and at least men now used to go to the market, you want to buy fish. Why do you price? Because when you look at the fish, there is a value in your mind. That that fish is not above. So what you end up paying is the value you have concluded the fish is worth. What God paid for your salvation is the value God see in his mind that you are worth. How expensive are you? Come on now. How expensive are you? Eh? Come on now. I'm not hearing anywhere. How expensive are you? very expensive see you are so expensive that god had to give himself the one that made all things there was nothing that he made that was worth it there was nothing made that had enough value to equate with your value that's why the blood of bullock could not take it he needed himself there was no man value that was enough to redeem man it was only the value of god I didn't come to give you pride though. I came to give you yourself. So that the next time somebody trying to talk down on you, you remember that you are redeemed. And one of the things that it means to be redeemed is that somebody paid for your price. Somebody paid your price. Somebody bought you. Scripture says you were bought with a price. You are not free. Hello? I start jumping everywhere, and then this time when I tell me time up, let's go. Everybody's laughing at me. Ephesians one, have we read any scripture? Ephesians one, verse five. It says, "No, no, 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 no." no. Amplified. Can we see it in amplified? Okay. For he foreordained us, destined us, planned in love for us, to be adopted, revealed as his own children, through Jesus Christ, in accordance with the purpose of his will, because it pleased him and was his kind intent. Next. So that we might be to the praise and the commendation of his glorious grace, favor and mercy, which... He so freely bestowed on us in the beloved. Verse 7 In him we have what? Redemption. What is that redemption? We have deliverance. We have salvation. Through his blood. The means which we have the redemption. The remission. The forgiveness of our offenses. Shortcomings and trespasses in accordance with the riches And the generosity of his gracious favor. So the reason why God bought you back is because he can. And because he felt like. The reason why you buy a Benz and not a BMW is because you prefer Benz to BMW. Whatever you buy. See, when you have unlimited resources, I'm not talking about people that are trying to Make ends meet. When ends have, have met, right? When ends have met, that is an impossible economic situation, right? But let's imagine ends meet. When you now want to buy things, you do not buy things because of their price, you buy things because you like to buy the thing. So it's no longer need, it is want. Hello. So, God has His ends already meeting. God's end have meet, met, meted, eh, meteded. His resources are unlimited. He could have done anything with his life, but he chose to buy you. It means that the death of Christ was not fluke. It was a deliberate thing. Your salvation and forgiveness is not fluke. God chose to reconcile you back to himself. We messed up. Right? The forgiveness we received was his choice. A forgiveness you did not choose, but was chosen for you. How do you beg for it? God, please, if only you can help me. Oh God, he chose to help you. Why are you begging? Your redemption pleases God, and so God came and redeemed you back to himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are we still together? But as long as you don't have this redemptive truth, you keep thinking that there's still something I miss. There's still something I need to do. There's still a reason why some things are not happening in my life. Because it looks like as if there's something I need to do in order for the process to get complete. The reason why we do Jesus and is because we think that there is still a part we have to play in order for everything to be complete. That's why we say, okay, God has died for me, but I still need to do this. Now listen, if he chose to give himself for you, what will he not give? Because the most difficult thing for anybody to give to you is his life. Reverend said on Sunday that husband, we should love our wife to a point where we will die. Mm. No problem. Amen? It's easy. Husband, it's easy. Reverend, put all of us in problem. All e bet. <laughs> Reverend, since on Sunday, till now, I've been behaving myself. I'm well mannered. Nala, am I not better? Babe, am I not trying to be better now? Because this morning I used to remind me. You know, she reminded me that evening some of the things you said. He not even waits. In our waits which Monday. Before the curing starts. So if it's difficult for me, I didn't say impossible. I said difficult. Because I, yeah, I'll die for you by the grace of God. But to be hard. for somebody that did not offend me how much more your enemy we were enemies of God if God could freely and willingly die for his enemy, why are you begging him? the reason you are begging God is because you have not come to the knowledge of the truth of your redemption that you are special enough for God to die for Listen, because you were not the devil's property, do you know God could have said, All right, I forgive them? Yeah. Because the anger was between you and him. But because he's a judge, and every matter before a court, there must be a reason to discharge and acquit or convict. So, And unfortunately, we will already be convicted guilty. In the garden, God judged man day and day and declared that man was guilty. And so man had a penalty that must be paid. But I also know that a king can get up and dismiss a charge. So he could have dismissed the charge but to prove himself always just and right he needed his justice and his judgment to be satisfied and so he came and he died listen it is not jesus that died it was god that died most of the time we make the mistake we said okay the father sent the son no the father came as the word god ah, scripture says for god who is is there For God was in Christ reconciling the word back to himself. Meaning on the cross, God gave his own life to have your life. So you see, when that young man tell you, you're not good enough for me, it shouldn't bother you. Because you are so good that God died for. I beg, what good can be gooder than that good? Leave all this grammatical structure. Don't worry. Tell me, what good can be gooder than that good? See, I'm, I'm done with this relationship. You're not good enough. Woo-hoo. Bye-bye to Jati Jati. Because if God says you are good enough for him, it means you're good enough. God did not say you were good enough for him to die because you were perfect. Man was still in his fallen state when Christ died. If man had risen to a point of righteousness and holiness and Christ died, we would say because of what we have done, that's why he died. He bought you back when you did not deserve to be bought back. Now that he has bought you back, is there anything he cannot give you? All right, let's keep going. So Jesus didn't just pay the price. Jesus was the price. He's the one taking the price to be paid. He's the price to be paid. And he's the one receiving the price. Right? He's the one taking the price. He's the price. And he's the one receiving the price. That's one misery that is very interesting. Hallelujah. All right, Acts chapter twenty, verse twenty-eight. All right, let's be fast though. Acts twenty, verse twenty-eight. He said, "Therefore, take heed to yourself and um, to all the flocks among you, which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which He portrays with His own. With His own. Next." oh no hold on hold on hold on first corinthians so first of all this is giving credence to the things i've been saying right i want you to see that from scripture your purchase was with his own blood okay first corinthians 6 verse 9 okay can we read everything all right let's try do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of god do, you, um, do not be deceived, neither for fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. Keep going. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Next. And such were some of you, but you were washed. So hold on. Every time some people read this scripture, they say to condemn you that because you tell a lie, Because you do this, because you do that, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But that's not what Paul was saying. This verse, he says, and such were some of you. Meaning, you used to be an idolater. You used to be a fornicator. You used to be a thief. A Christian cannot be a thief. A Christian may steal. It doesn't make him a thief. A thief is the one that has never received salvation. That's why First John, see, I keep reminding you guys this scripture. It says, I write to you little children that you sin not. But if you sin, so it is possible for a Christian to find himself in a bad character. It doesn't change the fact that he's a Christian. Hello? Hello? Because remember, what Jesus dealt with on the cross was the Adamic nature. It was the Adamic nature that labeled you a thief. It was the Adamic nature that labeled you a sinner. Now that you have been redeemed, you are no longer a sinner. And I give a simple example. A sinner enjoys sin. A Christian doesn't. I I I said, one way you know that you're a Christian is when you do bad, your conscience judge you. If your conscience does not judge you, if you can comfortably tell lies and you don't see anything wrong with it, (laughs) that's when there's a problem. If you can comfortably steal and you don't feel bad, like, It's a normal thing. A man that has never received salvation should not, a young guy that has never received salvation that has one girlfriend has a problem. Hello? Should I say it again? A single brother that has never received salvation that has one girlfriend has a problem. Because I was running in his open relationship. That's what's running everywhere. We had a date, three, four, five, each of them know that they have multiple partners. It's normal now because that's how the world is. For a Christian, even when you are cheating, you are hiding it. Why are you hiding it? Because you are ashamed of it. Why are you ashamed of it? Because it's not your character. You know by yourself that you are doing something that is wrong. That's because you are a child of God. That's the proof that you are saved though. Not tongues. Not when you lay hands and people fall. No. That you have condemnation in your spirit is the proof. Because how do you know you're born again? Your spirit bears witness. Empire, put my time on fast forward. Okay? All right. Uh, But you were washed. But you were sanctified. But you were justified. You were, not now. You were. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God, continue. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are. But but things. But all things are not helpful. Come on, God. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Keep going. Do you know what that means? Let me explain that a little. Because I'm born again, and I know God does not count my sin against me. I can do anything, but I will not be brought under anything. I can choose to misbehave and go to heaven, but I've chosen not to misbehave. There's a point of choice. What have you chosen to do with your life? Now that you are redeemed, now that you know that, like Jacob went to see the father, right? Isaac. And Isaac smelled him and smelled Esau. You now know that when you approach God and God smells you, he smells Christ. It doesn't matter what you are underneath. He sees Jesus. You, have, you need to make up your mind and say no. It may be lawful but it's not expedient. It may be okay to do it and I know I will not get punished for it but I'm not going to do it. I know that my father loves me and not want to punish me but I made up my mind to be a good child. That's the difference between righteousness and righteous living. Righteousness is a gift. Righteous living is works. And God never said, let your gifts so shine before men. He said, let your works. It is your life. Your life is your works. Your lives are what you do, the things that you do. It is your life that people will see and glorify God. So it is righteous living that makes men glorify God. A Christian that lives unrighteously. When I was in a lawyer, I was BB grammar. he said what? an aberration meaning you're supposed to be going like this you're going like this hello alright let's go <laughs> food for the stomach and the stomach for food but God will destroy both and both it and them now the body is not for sexual immorality but for the Lord yeah, that part of singles. Your body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. Oh. Your body not be for batting. Not for God oh boy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm from Middle State too. Sometimes my 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 adult character must show. I'm an and man true and true, not verse. Eh? If you verse too much now, I start to speak English like Asian man. If you hear, you know, hear, yeah. God be praised. Hallelujah. All right. Next verse. What verse are we now? 14. See, and God both raise up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Next. Do you not know that your body are members of Christ? Shall I then take the member of Christ and make them member of a harlot? Eh? Because it's your choice. You've been redeemed, but you have a choice of what to do with your body. Your body belongs to Jesus. But will you choose to now take the member of Christ and make your, the member of Christ a member of harlot? I leave that choice for you. Paul chose. You have to choose. That's certainly not what for Paul. Oga, what are you saying? You cannot say certainly not from here. And then, alright, let's continue. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a halot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. That's a measure of sex that most of you do not know. That when you have sexual intercourse, you bind yourself to the person. The oneness in marriage, the physical oneness in marriage is when they start having sex. That's why when a couple has had sex, that marriage can no longer be annulled. So when you go before a judge, the judge will ask you, has this marriage been consummated? Once you say yes, he will tell you we can no longer annul this marriage. It can only be divorced. And divorce means to tear apart. And once you tear apart something, we give from one person to the other person. There must be an injury. All right, let's go. That's not what I'm talking about today. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So redemption makes you one spirit with the Lord. That's why your spirit fights you when you're always joining yourself to harlots. And listen, when we say harlots, it doesn't mean prostitute. Too. Bad character. Bad behavior. Bad, bad things. You enjoy bad things more than good things. How many of you watched this movie, Evil Genius, home video many years ago? I love to see people cry. I love to see people die. I'm an evil genius. Now the time has come. For me to now pay the price. I'm an evil genius. That's you. When it's bad, you are chairman. When it's good, you are busy. And your spirit keeps reminding you. For instance, you're supposed to pray for somebody but you don't. Your spirit keeps troubling you why have you not prayed for this person? Why have you not prayed for this person? You don't see somebody in church and your spirit is telling you, call this person, you refuse. And it keeps disturbing you. Why have you not called this person? But if it's to call to gossip, abba, abba, abba. you are dear, you are chairman. Let's run Reverend down, you carry first. Let's pray for him. Uh-uh. What are we praying? Why are we disturbing God? Eh? Look at the lilies. They never sow nor reap. God takes care of them. You don't have to pray so much for God to answer you. But you can gossip for three hours. You can pray for ten minutes. I leave you for my opponent to answer. Next verse. It says, flee sexual immorality. All right, you know what? Just write it down. Let's go. Hello? Our enmity was with God. Satan took advantage of that. We said that already. And God reconciled us back to Himself. Now, i am going the scripture already wrote down, so just write it down. Second Corinthians five verse nineteen. Can we see it quickly? Second Corinthians five nineteen. Also, write Colossians 1:13 to fourteen. Second Corinthians five that that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing that trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. All right. The blood of Jesus was not a price paid to the devil. Please. I beg you know this today. God did not pay devil to get you back. So, sir. If devil was not my problem when I've not received salvation. Why is devil not my problem after I've received salvation? The only reason why God and devil should be dragging me. Is that devil first of all had me. So now he's angry that God has collected me. He's trying to collect me back. He did not have me before. So how can he have me now? He had influence over me. Because I was an enemy of God. But now. They're playing one old song this morning. He wrote my name with a golden pen. My name is there. My name is not there. He now wants to clean it and and do what? The name he could not have before salvation. How is he going to have it after salvation? The problem is because you think that devil has you. That's why he has you. For he you yield yourself as servant. That person is your master. So you can be a child of God, and decide to serve the devil. Hello? The loss you are giving into is not the devil. It's you. Guys, can we leave the devil alone? Because the devil is not the one in charge. See, scripture says that he's running to and fro, not busybody. He's looking for who he will devour. He doesn't know who. You cannot be looking for when you know who. So he doesn't even know who he has access to until you now say, "Come here, I am. Devour me, oh devil, come ashore. I don't cook sweet soup for you, devil, come ashore." He cannot shop until you give him. hallelujah hmm all right let's rush up first Corinthians 1:30 first Corinthians 1:30 he said but of him of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption now this scripture tells me that I am of him in Christ I am of God it means that Christ became everything God needed from me. Redemption shows me that Christ became everything that was needed by God. If God already has everything he needed, it means there's nothing I'm trying to add again. What does redemption mean for us? An end to sickness. Isaiah 53, verse 4. Let's use the Amplified. I want to wrap this up. Isaiah 53, verse 4. Because see, I've been jumping up and down. Redemption, 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 right? So now that I've been redeemed, we'll again. Right? You want to know? Isaiah 53, verse 4. It says, surely he bore our grief. Sickness, weakness, and distress. Sickness weakness and distress for surely he bore it and carried our sorrows and pain of punishment so the sorrow and the pain he carried was the sorrow and pain that was as a result of my enmity with God yet we ignorantly considered him stricken we thought to ourselves now nah ain't do bad Now Now what did he do? Now they see. Smitten and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. Next verse. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him and with his stripes that wounded him, we were healed and made whole. First thing, I want us to pray. <laughs> because here, I turned around. I said, "I came to teach and pray this morning. If Jesus was wounded for my iniquity, it means every iniquity in my body is an aberration." I don't see fun. I don't see the word. ay 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 enter, 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 enter. I didn't plan to use that word, the name vector can I use them back. It means the, the sorrow in your home, the pain in your life is an aberration. It is not supposed to be there. So first prayer, Lord, every infirmity that is here, you are a stranger in my body. Because Jesus took my infirmity. Every spirit of sickness, I command you this morning, leave me now. Open your mouth and begin to pray. I refuse to be sick. Every pain. Every sadness. Every sorrow. Whatever makes me cry. You are against my redemption. And I stand up this morning. And I rebuke you from my life. I rebuke you from my home. In the name of Jesus. If it's not in Christ, it cannot be in me. If it's not in God, it cannot be in me. If God does not carry it, I cannot carry it. If God does not carry it, I cannot carry it. Sickness is not in God, so sickness cannot be in me. I rebuke every spirit of infirmity, I rebuke every disease, I break every hold of infirmity in this place this morning. You devil of infirmity, hear me now, I command you, lose your grief, lose your hold in the name of Jesus. I set the people of God free this morning, I set the people of God free this morning in the name of Jesus. He was wounded. He was bruised. In the name of Jesus. Can we rise? Everybody stand. (laughs) Number two thing. In Genesis 3. Verse 16. Are you there? Genesis 3.16. Put it on the screen. To the woman, he said, "I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be your husband, and he shall rule over you." This was the curse. Hello. You don't know why you're running after men. It's a curse. It's a curse. It's a curse, they say read book. You say, No, I want to read man. It's a curse. He said to the woman, he said, In pain, he said, I will greatly increase your sorrow, I will give you more reason to cry. This was called cursing the woman. He says, In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your but did you hear about the Hebrew women? when they entered the covenant with God they began to give birth easily next verse to the man he said ha. he says then to Adam he said because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you saying you shall not eat of it cost is your ground your trying is not working the more you try, the more you fail. It says, curse is your ground for your sake. In toil, in suffer, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. That's a curse. Meaning that before redemption, there was a curse upon man. Galatians 3. Galatians 3, verse 13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Meaning the curse in Genesis is over. How did he redeem us? Having become a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. Is that verse 14? Verse 14: that the blessing, hey. He removed curse and he gave you blessing. He said that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You're going to pray this morning. Sorrow, every curse of hardship, I break you from my life this morning. Been walking, uh, I command you to walk uh, in the name of Jesus. E patamanondo regate geto rata balagadegete ratata at equally get a beamena eta broto your money equate bereta yegate nana equetayemende Every curse is broken. Hey! Shakretebele mene gede gede do, Ragata gakretebele mene, Rotebele mene, Rotodo todo do. Etwa kebele mene, Iye gede 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 gede, Iye bele gede 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 do, Rata rata do to. tate mene, Etdebiyele gede In the name of Jesus. Every curse they told you about that hangs in your biological family, it is broken. (laughs) Mm. Any mistake you made in the time past and someone put a curse on you and you look at your life and you always remember the curse and you think that's what has been fighting you. I decree to you this morning, it is broken. Jesus has become a curse for you and he has taken that curse away. You are not cursed again in the name of Jesus. He says that the blessing of Abraham may rest. How blessed was Abraham? (laughs) How blessed was Abraham? Ah Open your two hands this morning. Nato yobada i de Regede regalianando shada da dada el let de bregete bayata ya manon desa e gregide bayo talieneta yegede baro no 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 so e diele no yota yagate yegete kete bedebeena abroto yotale in de deso iata nande yetale e rebe tia tayagade ia bata i decree this morning your hands they begin to produce in the name of jesus abraham increased you are increasing 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 you are increasing. You are increasing. You are increasing. You are increasing. You are increasing in the name of Jesus. Because Abraham was in his household, his household was blessed. For every family you represent, this blessing goes to them. It gets to them. It gets to them. There shall be no one small again in your house. scripture says who is he that said anything and it comes to pass it says when i jehovah commands it not everything that has been said about you that god did not command it will no longer happen in the name of jesus time up. One more thing now, go. We'll do the rest another day. Uh, Alright. Genesis 2.15, put it up. It says, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Edom. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. 2.16. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you, must, you may freely eat. Next. He says, "But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat." He said, "For in the day that you eat it, eat of it, you will die." A man ate. A man died. When man ate it, man became separated from God. Right? John ten ten. Man lost his God life or God godlike kind of life. Man became separated from the unending source of life. John 10.10, he said, a thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, I have come that they may have life. In Genesis, man sinned, and man took death in place of life. Jesus said, I came to redeem, to give you life in place of death. What life did he bring? I came to give you the life that is perfect. We sing about it we call it Zoe, the eternal life, the life without corruption, the life without mistake, the life that cannot be small, the life that is exactly the way God is. Romans Romans 6:23 He said for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is away. <laughs> One more scripture. One more. Oh, let's pray. Hold on. Let's pray. So I can go. My time is up. We're going to decree. I have the life of God. Eh, eh, eh. Listen, I want you to confront situations in your life mentally, I want you to look at your problem. And tell the problem, I have the life of God. Shadow I have the life of God. Zoe cannot be defeated. You may fall, but you cannot be defeated. Shadow, don't see any. <laughs> this life that I have is the life. This one, This life. Yeah, this life. Ah, this life. Hold on. Hold on. I want you to sing it like as if you're, you're informing somebody. And what I want you to inform are the problems in your life. All the you know you have heard from contracts. I want you to start looking at the contract and start telling the contract. This life that I have is the life. life of in. Say it like you mean it to. The one you have. That I have. Which type? say it again, this life your own, your own, that I have which type is it, is the life of Christ in me. This, life this life, the one you have, that I have what is it, is oh Zoe. Zoe. Zoe, 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 lift your voice and say, Say it out say it out say it out. thank you for listening to the CGMI living springs godful podcast you can follow us on instagram twitter facebook and youtube at cjmi underscore